0: I want to invite you this morning to turn to the book of Luke, chapter 19. We'll be spending our time there today looking at a story about a wee little man. Anybody know who I'm talking about? Thank you. Thank you. You may recall that song as a child. The, the song goes a little bit like this there was a wee little Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Praise the Lord. I always wondered whether or not they learned that song the same way up here as we did down there. And we kind of say we kind of like, like we. That's how we are. But you know the, the story of Zacchaeus is the story there really is not just a story about Zacchaeus. It's a story about us. The story of Zacchaeus is your story. It's my story. And the reality of, of Zacchaeus' life is that he was desperately in need of a Savior. And the Savior found him. Can I just tell you today that you have been desperately in need of a Savior. And and here's the great thing. My kids all the time, they'll do something silly or stupid, and I will look at them and say, you need Jesus. And their statement will always be, well, I've got him. I was like, yeah, but you still need him. Every single day. And the story of that kid was a guy who needed a Savior so passionately, so badly that he was willing to face ridicule, willing to to climb a tree, when a lot of folks aren't even willing to get out of the bed. Can I ask you today how many cars you pass sitting in a driveway at home? The people that desperately need Jesus just as badly as you and I do. Zacchaeus' story was a a story that we see a guy radically changed when he just took one step. I want to encourage you, if you can, if you're able to, to stand this morning and join me as we read the word of the Lord together. In Luke 19, as you stand, a lot of times people ask me, why do we do this? They stood for an entire day in the Old Testament to read the word. To give God the honor his word deserves. So if you can, I'm so thankful that you are able to. You join me in verse 1. It says, he, that being Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not see because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried, and he came down, and he received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. So i is to pause there and say, praise the Lord for that. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Would you join me as we pray? Father God, your word is so good to us. as As I read this word this morning, Father, I'm so thankful for the promises held in it. So thankful, Father, that you came to seek and to save the lost. I'm so glad that you didn't see sinners and say, I don't need them, but you said, I want them. Father, today, would you hide me behind the cross? God, would you speak to your people here in the room and those watching on the Zoom? God, would you speak to them? God, would you instill in us a need for a Savior? Lord, we praise your name today. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray and all God's people said, amen. As you're being seated, I want to encourage you today, if you have the notes, uh, write all you want to, okay, take up a little extra space. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, as I do note, sometimes when I preach, God changes the words that come out. So if it says something there and you go, well, preacher, you didn't fill in the blank. Blame me, God changed the message, Okay. Just a heads up, I don't want you to think that we made a typo or that that something didn't come out right. If God changes it, I'm not going to argue with him. I have tried that before. You lose. As we start into this passage on Zacchaeus, I want to start off with just giving a little bit of information, a little bit of character profile on who Zacchaeus is. There's a few things we get automatically from this passage about Zacchaeus. It tells us that he is the chief tax collector. All right, so that means that he works for the Roman government. If you are a Jew and you work for the Roman government, you're not a popular person. So, first of all, I mean, a lot of folks don't like the IRS anyway, right? I see that's typically when I get an amen. Maybe some of you work for the IRS and I'm in trouble already. <laughs> But the reality is that a lot of people don't like the IRS. I had a lady in a previous church I worked for, I mentioned the IRS, and she came to tell me that uh, I worked for the state IRS. And I was like, great. My taxes are always paid. But not only did they work for the Roman government, but typically they were scoundrels. They would rob from the people. They would overcharge the tax. That's how they get the additional part there of being rich. So not only do we have that he is a, a Jew who works for the Roman government, he's a tax collector, he's rich, he's a thief, and then we get this kicker. He's a wee little man. He's just an itty-bitty guy. I did a little bit of research to trying to understand what the small in stature meant, and when you look back at the, at the time, the average man now is 5'8". The average man then was roughly 5'2", and he was a wee little man. So we're looking, my guess is that he was 3 to 6 inches shorter than the average man. So we're looking at 4'9". Okay, so let's just start this over. A guy comes to your door, says, hey, I would like to take your money. And he's this tall. How are you responding you're probably gonna go you and what army and he pulls the roman guards behind him and you say here you go so he's not a very well-liked man see what we automatically get out of Zacchaeus's profile is that he had everything the world said he needed right he had money he had power but he didn't have popularity He didn't have the friends. He didn't have the connection. He didn't have the fellowship that he needed. And he was missing something that he'll look for here in just a second. See, Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was coming. This should tell you something about Jesus already. Jesus has created a buzz, right? Jesus has created a buzz where he is coming around and people are hearing the name Jesus and they're wondering, what did he do now? How many thousands has he fed today? How many lame people did he heal today? How many blind folks can now see? Jesus has created a buzz. Is it time already? Okay, no. It's like I just started. But he had created a buzz. And so here's Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus just says, Here's that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming through Jericho, and he hears that Jesus is coming. And all of a sudden, Zacchaeus has got to be wherever Jesus is. He's got to find out, what can this man do for me? Can I just go ahead and start with that statement? I really think that Zacchaeus was thinking, not about, I need to be rescued from anything, but he was thinking this, what can I get from Jesus? Now, that's not in your points. That's an extra thing. I think a lot of people come to Jesus that way. Instead of coming to Jesus to give their lives to Christ, they come to Jesus and say, what can I get from him? I'm going to go ahead and tell you, what he's going to give you will far outweigh anything you could ever give him. But That's not why we come to Jesus. We come to Jesus because we need him. Every hour I need him. Amen? See, here's the great thing about Zacchaeus. Though. Zacchaeus... He was in the right place at the right time. See, Zacchaeus was was in the right place. If you see this, it says in verse 3, he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry down, for I have come to your house today. What I love about this is, is Jesus is walking with this crowd. Now you can imagine he's got this crowd around him. There's buzz. You know the, the sound when there's a lot of people around and it's just, you can't really tell what's going on. And Jesus is walking and he looks up at just the right time, at just the right place, because he knew Zacchaeus was going to be there. Can I tell you today that Jesus knows you're going to be here? Jesus knew you were going to be here today. Those of you watching online today, Jesus knew that you were going to roll over, click a button, and watch today. And those that aren't here today, Jesus knew they weren't going to be here too. See, see, Zacchaeus was in the right place. I, I absolutely just kind of get this internal laugh when people say, I'm not in the right place to come to Jesus. Well, Where are you trying to get to? To come to Jesus. Look at the place that Jesus met people. He met them at out fishing. He met them in trees. I have to remind you that he met a guy in a tomb. He met a woman in a crowd. He met a guy laying next to a pool. Jesus can meet you anywhere. Look, Zacchaeus was in the right place. Can I tell you, no matter what place you're in in life, if you're looking for Jesus, you will find him. The Word tells us, seek me and you will find me. God's not hiding. If you remember the first hide-and-seek game ever in Genesis, after Adam and Eve had sinned, they went and hid. God found them. It wasn't God hiding. They were hiding. Listen, folks. We have to understand today this, is that God is seeking the lost. And we need to be in the right place, which is any place. Covered in sin, Jesus can find you. Covered in self-righteousness, Jesus can find you. Coated in makeup, Jesus can find you. In a suit and tie, a pair of ball pants, Jesus can find you. See, Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was coming, and he wouldn't let anything get in the way. He could have stopped when the crowd was keeping him away, because you've got to guarantee, these people did not like Zacchaeus. There is somebody, Zacchaeus, just trying to sneak through, and that guy just gives him an elbow. Zacchaeus probably went home that day bruised, ribs, black eye, bloody lip, and he said, thank you, Jesus, for showing up. Can I tell you, Jesus takes you with your bruises. He takes you with your black eyes and your bloody lips. He takes you with your broken heart. See, Zacchaeus was in the right place, and that place was in a place of needing saved. Zacchaeus needed salvation. Can you admit you were in a place like that once? Amen. Great thing is, is Zacchaeus was found in the tree. Did he stay in the tree? Oh, no. Mm -mm. Not at all. See, God found him. Jesus found him right where he was, and he was going to make him different. He was going to change him. We'll get to that later. That's coming in a minute, but Jesus is going to change him from who he was. For Zacchaeus to mingle with that crowd was dangerous. But see, he was willing to do what it took to get to Jesus. And that crowd, I want to say this, that crowd was stopping him They were trying their hardest to stop him from getting to Jesus. Can I say that sometimes your crowd is what keeps you from getting to Jesus? And can I say something really dangerous? Sometimes the church crowd is what keeps people from coming to Jesus. Preacher, you're in a church. How are you saying that? Because I've been in a lot of churches. (laughs) And I've seen a lot of crowds keep people from coming to Christ. Because you don't look like us. don't act like us well praise god i like a little bit of difference a little bit of variety if you all looked like me i wouldn't be able to see because the shine off the lights (laughs) we're all different see this is what i love though is that zacchaeus was in the right place but this verse five just hits me right mm, right in the chest See, Zacchaeus was in the right place, but can I tell you what was more important than that was that Jesus called him by name. Jesus called him by name. Verse 5. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Jesus could have looked up and said, hey, tax collector, hey, wee little guy, Come on down. but he called him by name. Oh, name is so important. Your name is so important. And I' tell you, I, growing up, I absolutely hated my name. And I'll tell you why? It's really easy, is that my name literally means to walk through water. Not walk on water, but through water. Anybody can walk through water. Not like Wade. (laughs) Not only that, but if you ever watched Garfield and Friends, there was a duck. And his name was Wade. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I've always kind of been round, so I've always kind of waddled a little bit. And so when you have that kind of name, it wasn't anything amazing. Like, you know, like um, my son, Caleb, his name means loyal. It also means dog, but it means loyal. <laughs> or if your name is Victor or Victoria, it means one who wins, one who conquers. My name is literally to walk through water. And it used to frustrate me. I wanted to change my name to Zach because of saved by the bell. Some of you are old enough to get that. Some of you aren't. Google it, all right? But Jesus called him by name. When we call someone by name, this is an understanding of we know who they are. We have an essence of who they are. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, if I look at you and go, hi, I don't know your name yet. Just remember, there's one of me and more of you. So maybe you need to wear name tags. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But see, the name Zacchaeus means pure one. One who was pure, one who was holy. And can I just go ahead and say that Zacchaeus was anything but pure? But what did Jesus see when he looked at Zacchaeus? He saw who he intended him to be. He looked up and he said, pure one, come down. See, Jesus looks at you and he calls you by name. He knows who he intended you to be. He knows what he wanted for your life. See, the name is the most important thing a person has. If a person you know a person's name, you know that person. Have you ever done that to somebody, somebody you didn't know, and you're like, hey, guy? Hey, man. No live, a good friend of mine I served with in a in a town in my college days, his name was Guy. And I didn't know that the first time I met him. And I said, hey, guy. And he was like, yeah, what's up? Totally threw me for a loop. But you know at that moment what he felt was he felt special because I knew his name and I'd never met him before. He felt right. He felt like I knew who he was. See, that's the beautiful thing about it. It's when you know somebody's name, they feel like they belong. And Jesus immediately made Zacchaeus feel like he belonged. Can I tell you today, you belong. When it comes to God's family. doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. The moment you trust him, you belong in his family. It doesn't matter the name that other people may call you. He has a special name for you. In fact, the book of Revelation tells us that he gives us a new name. A name that only he knows. I hope mine's Zach. Because then I'll get what I always wanted see that's the thing is that jesus called him by name and name has value but listen to this jesus knew the importance of him calling him that name zacchaeus had probably been kicked and pushed and beaten to where he never felt like he could be accepted again and there he is god of all creation looking at him and calling him by name establishing with him that he was pure See, here's the great thing about it. The shepherd knows his sheep, right? In John 10, it says that I call my sheep by name. And Jesus looks at Zacchaeus, the outcast, the one who had been pushed away and shoved away, and he calls him by name saying, you're mine. I'm coming to stay with you today. There's a lot of value in him coming to stay with him, and we'll get to that in a minute. See, the third thing I want you to see about that him calling him by name is this it was probably the first time in years anybody had said Zacchaeus' his name in a kind way probably the first time since his mama that he'd been called by his name <clears throat> you know that feeling right children when your parents use your first and your middle name or is that only a southern thing is that a whole world thing child thing thing. I'm going to owe him more money after this but my son Caleb when he gets called Caleb Jackson he knows what that means and normally it's not Caleb Jackson (laughs) usually the tone is a lot different you can imagine the the sound coming out of Jesus' mouth Zacchaeus was sweet to his ears here's what I love about Zacchaeus' response Zacchaeus didn't hesitate at all I can imagine him actually falling down the tree he says to Zacchaeus at the, at the end of verse 5 he says hurry and come down and verse 6 says so he hurried <laughs> See, here's the problem we've got is people say, well, I'm going to wait to get my life right before I come to Jesus. You're going to wait and wait and wait. Because I will tell you this I am 39 and a half and be 40 this year. I still ain't got it right. Everybody else must have got theirs right already. Because when Jesus called me as a 15-year-old boy, I didn't look at him and go, well, Lord, I got to play ball. Or Lord, I got this going on. Or Lord, I got that going on. Just wait till I get older. I can tell you if I hadn't met Jesus at 15, I would not be in the same place I am today. I would be in a whole heap of trouble. Most of the people I went to school with Or meth addicts. And I can tell you without Jesus in my life. That's where I'd be. I'd be in a broken family. In a broken home. In a broken shell. Of who I'm supposed to be. But when Jesus said come. I heard him. See Zacchaeus recognized the urgency behind Jesus' request. People want to wait. There may not be. A next day. There may not be a next Sunday. There may not be a next church service, a next prayer meeting. There may not be a next breath. So why are we waiting? What are you waiting on? Are you waiting for a big flashing sign that says "now"? And Jesus says, "Today, today I'm coming to your house. Today I'm going to be there." In fact, in Revelation twenty-two, he says, "We say this: Yes, I'm coming quickly." lord may come before i finish this sentence didn't happen he's coming what are you waiting on nothing this world offers is worth waiting for compared to what jesus has well see we've noticed quickly that that zacchaeus says yes sir you're coming to my house. Do you understand the connotation of him saying he's coming to his house? He's got a fellowship with them. Do you know how special people feel when you invite them to your house? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> when I was growing up, I had a friend of mine named Russell who would, every Saturday morning, 7 o'clock, Knock on my door. Saturday morning, 7 o'clock. Every Saturday morning. I would go to the door. I would answer the door. I automatically knew it was Russell. Yes, Russell. Hey, man, can I come over? You're already here, Russell. Mm-hmm. See, you know how different it is when somebody actually invites you to come over? Jesus invited Zacchaeus. He said, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm inviting you to let me come to your house. <laughs> There's just something special that happens when you're able to fellowship with somebody like that. And what we get here is Zacchaeus has been offered fellowship with the Lord. Do you know what a pleasure that is to have a friend like Jesus? Oh, man. I would accept that friend request in a heartbeat. Oh, I want to come to your house. and I want to be a part of your life. See, salvation isn't just Jesus shows up, says, okay, you don't go to hell anymore, and then he leaves you alone. It's a constant fellowship. Just constant unity, bond that you have that cannot be broken. No power in hell can break the bond of a believer and the Savior. Oh. And what happens when Jesus fellowships with us is he does exactly what he did to Zacchaeus. See, Jesus changed Zacchaeus. Jesus radically changed Zacchaeus, look with me in verse 8. It says this in verse 8, it says, And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. This is a radical change. Zacchaeus was known for being a few things, rich, rich, a thief and short. You know what he will be after this happens? Just short. <laughs> because what does he do? He's going to give away all that he's stolen. He's going to give away half of what he already owes. And what's beautiful is this. is He stands to address the Lord. He doesn't sit there. At the meal, and how they handle things at a meal, there is he kind of really laid down. I'm not going to do that. But they kind of leaned on one another to eat, and instead of just sitting down, he stands before the whole crowd. These got Pharisees and scribes, and you've got disciples, and you've got other sinners standing around. And he stands and he declares this word, Lord. lord he looks jesus in the face and he calls him what lord which says not only hey you're the nice gentle shepherd he looks at him and says you're my master zacchaeus had known no other master other than his own greed and now he looks at the savior and he says master there's there's power in that understanding Zacchaeus went from an old creature that we read about in Second Corinthians, 5:17, right as the, the old creature passes away the new creature he is here, the new creation is taken over, and he looks and he declares before everybody all the ridicule, all the hatred and all the anger. and he says, "Jesus, you're my Lord." Whew. There's so many people now who call themselves believers will sit off on the sideline and go. Jesus is good, I like him. It's time for us to stand up. It is time for believers to stand and to proclaim because Jesus says, if you're not ashamed of me, then I won't be ashamed of you. It's time for Christians to stand. When Zacchaeus met Jesus, he immediately became new. We're going to celebrate a little bit of that here at the end of our service about somebody becoming a new believer. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. But already seen a difference in the young man's life in just 48 hours. See, that's the thing. Zacchaeus was radically changed. I want to ask you a question, church. It's time for you to do a little internal searching. Are you the same now as you were when you came to Jesus? Does your life look the same? Do your actions look Look the same to the words you say. Look the same to your finances. Look the same. See, the problem I've seen in a lot of places is that lost people and saved people, or you can't really tell the difference between them. And if you radically change, there's a difference. I want to tell you, when I was 15 years old, I was probably one of the angriest boys you'd ever met. And then I met Jesus and I went from kicking windshields out and punching holes in walls to crying all the time about everything I'm not going to say when you come to Jesus you're going to cry about everything but he changed me see Zacchaeus was changed by Jesus can I tell you this he wasn't changed by church he wasn't changed by religion it wasn't changed by rules, but it was changed by Jesus. See, if you stole something from somebody, it was customarily that you, you made it right, that you paid them back. But see, Zacchaeus goes from, from just giving 20 percent to giving 400 percent. Zacchaeus just doesn't go, "Well, I'm just going to be- modify my behavior." He says, "I'm a new creation. There's no amount of behavior modification that will get you into eternity. Look, I can start every year off and say, here's my New Year's resolution. I'm going to do this. I'll make it a couple weeks or hours, depending on what it is. But when I give my life to Jesus, he changes me permanently, forever. My address changes from hell to heaven in a moment well see as we draw it to the end of this passage is comes very clear to me in verse 10 So while Jesus found Zacchaeus in just the right place while Jesus called him by name and while Zacchaeus didn't wait he immediately acted and while we see that Zacchaeus is radically changed the thing we see here come out in the very last verse that Jesus declares His purpose. He says, here's my purpose. My purpose is to seek and to save the lost. I want you to understand this. You didn't find Jesus. Jesus found you. (laughs) It says that there were 100 sheep. 99 were okay. One was lost. It doesn't say the sheep went and found the shepherd, did it? It says the shepherd left and went and found the lost sheep, threw him over his shoulders, carried him home. Can I tell you that no matter how good you think you are, no matter how many different Bible studies you walk through, without Jesus, you're lost. I don't care if you've been at church since pre-nine months. I don't care if, you're, if you've been a deacon or a Sunday school teacher or an elder or a, uh, an Awana's leader or whatever you've been. Without Jesus, you're still sitting in the tree. You're still in the tree looking, going, "What? I need something. Where's it at? But Jesus is here today. Oh, I wanted a stronger Amen. He's here today. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. He's here today, and he is seeking the lost. Just as our enemy seeks to kill, steal, and destroy, Jesus came to bring life, and life to the fullest. And today, you may be here in this room, and you may be that one that the world thinks you've got it all together, Maybe you think you've got it all together. But you're missing Jesus. Can I tell you, you came to the right place because he's here. He's looking for you. But can I also say to you, if you know Christ, and you're a believer in our Savior, can I tell you that his goal in verse 10 is now your goal? To seek and save the lost. To share the message of the gospel. That there's hope for the hopeless. There's healing for the hurting. And there's grace. Oh, there's more grace than we could ever understand. And I want to say to you today, if you're the one in the tree, I want to say the same words that Jesus said. Come on down. Hurry down share